Rollins now with a champion in trouble. Reigns is, is out of it. Seth Rollins, middle of the ring, looking to put Roman Reigns away. He hits this. A pedigree to Reigns! Cover by Rollins! championship that he never lost. Seth Rollins did all of that. For the second time in his career, Rollins is the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. He's cashing in. He's cashing in. Wrestling fans, at this time, it gives me a great deal of pleasure to introduce what you have been waiting for. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is The Dirty Dog Darcy. So you can shut up and realize I am not the flavor of the month. I am not the next big thing in the WWE. I'm the only thing. I'm the only thing that matters because I am the best in the world at what I do. I'll say it again. I'm the best in the world at what I do. Do you understand what I'm saying to you right now? And you're listening to The Dog House with me, the Dirty Dog Darcy, over at MainEventStatus.com. What the hell am I looking at? When does this happen in the movie? Now. You're looking at now, sir. Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened to then? Past? When? Just now. We're at now now. Go back to then. When? Now. Now? Now. I can't. Why? We missed it. When? Just now. When will then be now? Soon. And on this podcast, I talk about anything that's on my mind. Movies, wrestling, music, pop culture, politics, whatever. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Did you see it? What is it? We got it! What is it? Will there be any more of them? I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. Now let's get into the podcast. Keep firing, assholes! Or you could accept the fact that this city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. What are 
do you mean biblical? What he means is Old Testament, Mr. Yes. Mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Exactly. Fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes, the dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. That's hysteria. Enough, I get the point. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. If you had a contract for a job promotion and you could cash it in at any time you wanted within a calendar year, there are 365 days after you get the contract, when would you cash it in? Same day, the next day, next week, next month, in six months, in 364 days... It's all up to you. I am the Dirty Dog Darcy. This is the Doghouse Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for cashing in this download. Do you hear me blabber for a while? Uh, yeah, the, this is my review of WWE Money in the Bank 2016 that happened on Sunday, June 19th, 2016 in the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. According to Wikipedia, the attendance is 14,150. And a lot of things has happened at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view and the week falling out from from such. I have a guest on, and he'll be on here in a few minutes to talk the pay-per-view with me. I wanted to, you know, intro this podcast to say thank you listeners for downloading the podcast. You can hear me blabber for an hour give or take, or so. As usual, I wanted to talk about the two pre-show matches that happened at Money in the Bank. Golden Truth take on Brizango. So R-Truth and Goldust as the Golden Truth take it on Fandango and Tyler Breeze. I did not watch the match because on my way to my buddy's place happened during during the whole hour pre-show because I was waiting for some friends and they were running a little late, but not a big deal. So yeah, Golden Truth defeated Brazango. Lucha Dragons defeated the Dudley Boys. Both matches I'm not emotionally tied in with. I really didn't care much about either tag teams, which is kind of sad, but yeah, I had no opinions about no opinions, no emotional tie-ins with any of these teams. So if you guys wanted to hear somebody break down those pre-show matches, I'm sadly to say, but you downloaded you downloaded the wrong podcast, Jack. But that's okay. That's all right. Yeah, a lot of things has happened at Money the Bank in the fallout, which we'll get into here in a few minutes with my guest. We will talk about the new WWE World Heavyweight Champion. We may or may not talk about the upcoming WWE Draft. We may or may not talk about the dream match between AJ Styles and John Cena if it lived up to our expectations. We will definitely get into Rowan Reigns' suspension for his failure of the wellness policy. 
we may or may not talk about the build-up to the next pay-per-view WWE Battleground here in a month because it's been announced what the main event will be for that show for the WWE World Heavyweight title. We may or may not touch that, talk about that, discuss that. Many things will be discussed here in the next, I don't know, however long. You guys know, since you guys are listening, downloading, you guys can you know figure out what the, how much time is left in the podcast. So, uh, again, thank you guys for listening. The Doc House Podcast here on MidEventStatus.com, on SoundCloud, SoundCloud.com slash MidEventStatusRadio, on iTunes. Hit the subscribe button, like it. We might move... You know, to help us move up the podcast charts, might bring back my old show, Main Event Status Radio. We'll see. I might help do more Doghouse podcasts if this, if we move up the charts on iTunes, on SoundCloud, hit get more hits on MainEventStatus.com. So I'm going to take a quick break, get my guest on, call him up, dial him, dial him in, be funky like a monkey, daddy-o's and daddy-ets. Here on the Doghouse Podcast. Talk about a demoralizing moment for Cena. You finally have AJ beat. There's no one to make the count. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. The club. Anderson and Gallows. You got to be kidding me. Oh, the referee's down. And now a magic killer to John Cena. Yeah. Yeah, this this is how AJ wanted it. In the Are first you kidding place. me? AJ didn't have these guys. Can only sign a contract. These guys are acting on their own. Can't read a mind. Now the official back on the Styles is beating Cena. Here is your winner, the phenomenal AJ Styles. Yeah, I gotta throw one down on that one. Look, that is a cheap victory. It you is. have this incredible match of 15 years in the wait and waiting, and this is what happens? You gotta be kidding me. I'm gonna keep on the run. I'm gonna have me some fun. If it cost me my very last dime. If I wind up broke, then I'll always remember that I had a sweet in time. Viva Las Vegas. It wouldn't be the same me being in Las Vegas with the one, the only, the guy that thugs and bugs kind of close to Las Vegas in the 90210. Mr. Beverly Hills, what's a happening? Viva Las Vegas! Ding-ding-ling! Viva Las Vegas! Ding-ding-ling! Viva! Viva La Darcy! Doghouse listeners, only if you guys could have heard me try to sing that song before we actually, you know, before I got into this part of the podcast, you guys would laugh as hard as I just did. <laughs> I thought I'd have to help you out a little bit. Thank you. So, of course, you guys heard me babble a couple minutes ago about the intro, the pre-show, loudie freaking da, Mr. Oh, you talked about the pre-show? Well, I just talked about what happened, and I didn't watch it. Oh, have you ever been sunburned as bad as Febreze was? (laughs) Thankfully, I never have. And I don't think I ever would with how gross they're... 
suntan looked during the, the little bit of clip that we saw during the show itself. I have. I've been sunburned as bad as them. Would it hurt? Did your skin fall off when you get chopped? Oh, uh, I'm sure it would have. I went to uh, river tubing once. And I got sunburned so bad on my shins, because you can imagine how you lay in a tube, right? I got yeah. sunburned so bad on my shins that my skin was falling off like breezango for breezes. You know, be, just because of that, just because you gave me a hard time last time, I'm going to open up <laughs> my Mountain Dew Black Label to your horrible <laughs> suntan. <laughs> At least it's been a long time since then. I haven't gotten sunburned like that in in years. I'm kind of scared because a few of my coworkers want me to go tubing with them in about a month. So I'm kind of worried about that. Just load up on the suntan in places where you never thought that you'd suntan. Fair enough. And and don't take that in a dirty way, (laughs) listeners. I'm not encouraging nude tubing from the Darce man. <laughs> they, uh, well, they are the dirty listeners of the Dirty Dog Darcy, Jack. <laughs> if if opportunity arises, you know, if they're like, hey, just go all out, dog. Yeah, go for it, man. I, I'm not going to be there, so do you do what you want. So overall thoughts to the pay-per-view itself? Um, You know, to be honest, it... it uh, let's see. So I gauge my... My... Uh, kind of enjoyment on how easy it's to get through. And this one was really easy to get through for me. So it's high on my enjoyment scale. I didn't find myself looking at the clock. I didn't find myself, um, you know, wishing it to be over or fast forwarding or anything like that, which I, I guess in this era is uncommon. To be honest, so yeah. For me, I was bored. Oh, okay. Through most of it, I think it's just because. Well, you guys know how I am that I gauge a lot on the fans' reaction live in the arena, and I thought it. I thought it was great reaction throughout. Do you that, turn down the? Do you watch it on mute? Actually, I watched it with. Three different coworkers last oh. weekend. This is you guys are probably all shooting the breeze and just blah blah blah. We're blah, shooting. So you can't hear we're it. Shooting for a breeze go. Yeah, well, breeze and go. You probably can't hear it because you're just talking. That's probably that's probably why. And then you say the then you say, "Well, the the crow reaction was bad." Well, maybe you listened to it, you would hear it. We know something, Gorilla. I don't care about the fan reaction. Only reaction that matters is my You just back. said you did. You just said that's the re- <laughs> what you gauge your enjoyment on. Oh, fine. I, how about this? I'll take that back. I'll retract <laughs> that. And I'll say I don't have – I have very little emotional interaction, emotional investment in many of these wrestlers that we saw last weekend at Money in the Bank. Fair enough. So, obviously, a lot has happened since the week of Money in the Bank. We will talk about the rain suspension, because I... Well, what the hell? Might as well just talk about that now. What is... When did you hear about Reigns being popped in his wellness test? Uh, whenever it came out Tuesday, I guess. It, yes. it, whatever day it was, yeah. I think it was Tuesday, yeah. So, what I... Dave Meltzer reported that 
Uh, they, uh, the higher-ups knew that he failed his test before <clears throat> Money in the Bank. So Sakti probably knew either early Sunday or sometime Saturday. So you're laughing. The belch. <laughs> the belch. I, I assumed that's what you're laughing about. <laughs> Just talking about I am sorry to disagree Dave Meltzer's name <laughs> during my belch. Dave Meltzer. <laughs> sorry, that's what happens when I drink mellow yellow and mo- do together. I belch. <laughs> Don't mix it, brother. When they get together, you never know what's going to happen. It's like you and I. <laughs> that is you're, true. you're mellow yellow and I'm on two. If we get together, you don't know what kind of combustion's going to happen. Yeah. Free goat, free goat. But <laughs> as I was saying, yeah, Dave Meltzer reported that, that he heard that the higher-ups knew either early Sunday or Saturday and still went through, which obviously was understandable. But I guess... W- you know, since it's been announced that a battleground will be Ambrose and Rollins and Reigns and a triple threat for the title, what is your thoughts on the whole situation and how everything played out over the week and into Monday Night Raw? Well, I guess, like, it's weird to know that they knew about it just kind of looking at what they did Monday, like, with planning the match and stuff, because this is going to be a really weird month of build to this pay-per-view you know with him not being there like how are they going to do things how are they going to have a match without him there you know we've seen in the past how that goes and it usually doesn't go well you know i think most notably i i usually think when i think of a of a match being built without one of the main participants, I think of King of the Ring 93 with Hogan and that didn't go well. And I don't think this is either. So I don't know. It's just going to be strange kind of with that, but I don't know. I'll hold my judgment on to, you know, to on what he got suspended for. Cause it could be a, you know, a thousand different things, even just like not being able to pee, you can get suspended for oh, really? like, if, yeah, if you can't produce a sample, they just call it a fail. So, so I mean, like, it could be so many different things. I think a lot of people, like, jump to the conclusion, like, oh, well, he's a built guy, so obviously it's steroids. Well, I mean, we don't really know that. Well, because yeah, um, it, yeah, it hasn't came out what he failed on. Yeah, exactly. So it could be so many different things. Um, so I won't pass judgment on that a lot. Whatever. People can jump to their own conclusions. But um, it's... It's interesting, I guess, uh, coupled with kind of like what the reaction was to him on the pay-per-view. Apparently to you, there was none because you were talking. (laughs) But to the people who listened... What I've heard... Sorry, I didn't interrupt. But what I've heard, (laughs) it seemed like a lot of fans were behind Seth Rollins during that part of the match. And it seemed like when Ambrose came out, a lot of people were behind Ambrose more than Rollins. Yeah, well, there was... Reigns got a really negative reaction through the whole um, match, definitely. Are, sorry, now I both. Are we are we talking about the Reigns and Rollins match? Because I can get into that. Yeah, well, we might, might as well. Yeah, might as well get into that too. So, what I because uh, I remember last time when we talked about Extreme Rules, uh, you mentioned that you know in the new era, a period of pay per views. 
you know, there ain't really much that you remember like a week out. And yeah. the only spot I remember from Rollins and Reigns was when, when Reigns was going in for a spear to Rollins in the corner, corner and Rollins turned it into a pedigree. And I just thought how much it amazed me with the athleticism that Rollins produced with that, even though it was kind of a not the greatest, prettiest pedigree, but it's still pretty cool seeing him try to execute that move with it being, I think, his first match back since he came back. Yeah, that was a really innovative uh, way to to get into that. I wish it would have been the finish. Like, I know it wasn't super clean or whatever, but it doesn't have to be. They didn't. I don't know, he didn't have to do another one. I wish that just would have been like, you know, snap and it's done and there it is. Because to me, it, yeah. if that would have been the finish, I feel like Rollins could tra- transition his version of the pedigree to in ways like the stunner with Stone Cold or sure. like the diamond cutter with DDT. Yeah, more the, more the diamond cutter, the RKO. Yeah, that it could come out of anywhere. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be, you know, clenched on like what Triple H yeah. did in his heyday. That if, if Rollins hits his version of the pedigree, well, just like Triple H's version, it's lights out, oh, it's, it's done, it's over, it's finished, it's through, Rollins wins. Right, and we've talked about that before with finishers that I like the ones that don't have to be set from the same position every time. Um, and that's why the pedigree isn't at the top of my list on favorite um, finishers because of that. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> but I thought overall was um, a good match. Not spectacular, but well done. I, I think without the cash-in, this is one of those matches that, like you said, would have been just kind of forgettable, yeah. I think, at the end of the day. Just one of those things where, as I talked about on, Frick, I don't even know what the last one was called. Extreme Rules. What is it called? What is it called? What? I don't know. I don't know. Super Bowl Saturday? Super Bowl Saturday? <laughs> um, so. <laughs> We're crazy. <laughs> so the main event of the Super Bowl Saturday, I, I don't remember it, but I do remember that I liked it. So <laughs> I think that's. What? Which makes me laugh because I was just going to ask you, how do you rate this Reigns match compared to his Super Brawl Saturday Extreme Rules <laughs> match with AJ Styles? God. I can't even remember anything about that match. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> Only thing I, re- I remember just like you said, I remember I enjoyed it. I remember I enjoyed it more than their payback match. I recall, the, like, God, I recall liking it a lot. I think... Just to try to like remember my emotion, I think I liked that one better than this one. Yeah, um, same here, but, yeah. but really, like this is all—it's all about the finish to the match proper, and then the cash in. Yeah, I mean that's what it's all about. It's you know, it's all—it's really boiled down to that. With um, it, when you have the cash in, it doesn't really matter about the match in front of it, right? Not really, yeah. Because it's all about the cash-in, so... What did you think of that? Or what did you think about the match or the cash-in or whatever? To be honest, (laughs) I was upset when Ambrose won the ladder match. 
uh, because I'll say I, I'm biased towards Chris Jericho, and I really, really, really badly wanted Chris Jericho to win. But having Ambrose win and him saying on Monday Night Raw before the pay-per-view that if he won the, won the briefcase, he's going to cash in that night. So I'm happy that a face won, won it and the face lived up to his words. Am I happy how Ambrose has been booked the last year and a half? Not really. That, and that's what gets me is that Ambrose has been booked as a joker. But even though he's been booked as a joker, he still gets that reaction from the fans that I feel like Vince and whoever else higher-ups wanted wanted Reigns to get but hasn't. Yeah. So I'm happy that they are giving Ambrose a chance with the title, and I hope it's not just a month and loses it at Battleground. I hope. We'll see about that. We'll see, but fans, at least in the arenas, love Dean Ambrose, no matter how horribly booked he is. I hope now that they gave him the title, they'll actually give him a serious chance and see how it goes. Yeah, and I I almost, I this is like uh when I was watching or whatever, when I heard that he won, I really thought back to our last podcast that we did after extreme rules, where we talked about this, where we talked about that Ambrose probably gets the biggest reactions on the show next to Cena. Um, and he's booked the worst. He loses all the time. He looks like an idiot, you know, all these type of things, but he gets the best reaction. He has that, like, it factor with the crowd where he connects with them. And, I mean, yeah, it doesn't, it isn't the greatest look that, like, a guy who's, you know, lost nine times out of ten and looked like a turd with Lesnar. You know, Lesnar just kind of threw him around the ring or whatever. But I don't know if, the like, the crowds, the people who actually pay for stuff, I don't think they really care. Like, they love him. So, I don't know. Strike while the iron's hot. He's still getting a great reaction. Go for it. Yeah, I guess I'm happy that, like I said, they're striking the iron's hot with Ambrose instead of, I don't know, let's say six months, nine months, a couple years down mm-hmm. the road, and them trying then when the fans already gave up on him. Yeah, and it's one of those things where sometimes you just have to, like, scrap your plans and just do what the crowd wants um, instead of, cause yeah, maybe if they're like, Oh, well he's getting great reactions. Let's build him up by the time. Like you said, six or nine months he's built up. Maybe the crowd isn't feeling him as much anymore and you really missed your opportunity. So you got to get in while you fit in, you know? Yeah. And I know one thing I do like about how the art have been booking Ambrose is that he's unpredictable. And that's one thing I appreciate about him and his character and him being WWE World Heavyweight Champion is that we don't know what he's going to do. Because, yeah, like I mentioned to you off air, that I was getting the outline together for the podcast last night after work, and I was thinking about him cashing in and how that normally is a heel, heel maneuver. But the, yeah. fans, but the fans loved it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I guess that's... You know, to tie in with me liking him being unpredictable, I like that, and I would love to see creative or whatever else try to give those kind of 
subtle twist, those heelish, uh, heelish colorings in his character to see how well the fans eat, eat, eat to it and eat it up. Yeah, I think he's a character that can do that because, yeah, like you said, you can write off him being a jerk or whatever to just him being kind of like unhinged a little bit. Just kind of, I mean, obviously there are parallels. I'm sure there are calculated parallels between him and and Austin from his days. And it's, you can kind of, you can see the similarities there that, um, you know, when he's doing things that a heel would do, it's because he's unpredictable or because it's, you know, he does what he wants or, or whatever. Yeah, before we get too much further away from it, before I forget, uh, what is your thoughts on, well, we kind of touched it, but what is your thoughts on Ambrose versus Rollins versus Reigns at Battleground? Mm-hmm. I, I ask because do you feel like it's too rushed? Do you think they could have maybe had a one-on-one match with, with Ambrose and Rollins? And save the triple threat for SummerSlam. I would, you know, where I would have gone, I would have gone Ambrose and someone from the ladder match for this month. Fair enough. And and then yes, save the the three way for SummerSlam. Definitely. I guess I would have, kind I would have of, totally done that. I guess to maybe have that number one contenders match between Reigns and Rollins at Battleground. Yeah. Maybe have the finish that they had. On Raw this past week, could have that at Battleground, which would set up their set up their SummerSlam match because I because I do feel like it's been rushed mm-hmm. for their main event at Battleground because I I am excited to see a Shield Triple Threat match for the title at a pay per view. I just wish it would have been at a pay per view WWE actually considers it, it to be one of their main important pay per views instead of a B pay per view like Battleground. Right, and that that makes me think of the whole way they promoted Extreme Rules with like the WrestleMania caliber match ad nauseum. I think, well, then why didn't you... I think I'm of two minds. Either, number one, every show should be like this, so you don't need to be like, well, I know that you thought this show was going to suck, but guess what? We're actually going to make it good. Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't be promoting that factor, I think. And then second, if that is normally your mentality, then save it. <laughs> Do, if, if you think these matchups are so good, maybe you should hold off on it. Maybe you shouldn't be rushing to the to the conclusion of it, and you, and you should push it off. Um, I think I, I do think they've rushed the, the shield thing a little bit much. Um, I think we could have gotten a little more out of um, rounds and reigns uh, before we introduced Ambrose, but maybe the suspension played into this. Maybe Ambrose's crowd reactions played into this where they thought, uh, you know, let's get it off Reigns, which I think is a good idea. I think he's a lot better chaser than leader of the pack. <laughs> just, just like he's fall from he's fall his fall from the top was just like that. Just what you heard, listeners. That was a fall from grace, just like this small guy. And, and I guess I asked that about the battleground mid event because I because the question now for me arises: What do they do after that? Because I know yeah. the draft is happening the the week 
week or the go home SmackDown for the pay per view and all that. I've been hearing rumblings that they might split the world title into two titles again. And I, if that's the case, I don't know if I'm gonna like the Battleground main event. But I guess I'm just gonna wait to see what happens. But yeah, I'm just kind of think of what what now after Battleground and. Like, like you said, I just feel like the Shield triple threat is way too rushed. They're skipping way too many chapters for this story, and they could affect their throwing away a lot of money rushing this storyline as fast as they are. Yeah, I'm sure it has a lot to do with the the splitting of the rosters, and they want to tie up these storylines before they jump in other things and that makes sense but I don't know and I have I don't to, know if we want to throw it away yet right now I feel like a throwaway match Mr. Beverly Hills sadly was the, the, the United States Championship match at Money in the Bank uh, maybe but I think it's important now I gotta I want to look where where did that slot in that was between the Money in the Bank match and the first WWE title match. You got to bring them down, man. You got to bring them down. The you know you have you get the crowd so worked up from the ladder match. I those those uh, matches are important. Yeah, I, it's got to happen. I guess it. I guess I didn't like the placement of that match because of a bit, me being a big Rusev fan. But where would uh, you put it? Maybe. I guess looking at the card, having it right down in front of me, maybe before the AJ Styles John Cena match. Maybe yeah, but then you you got to slot something in between the maybe the Apollo Cruz and Sheamus yeah. match. Sure, if you if you really just want to just like literally throw it away, that's that's maybe what you do. Just like yes, they could just put up on the screen. Everybody go to the bathroom right now. <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah. it's assumed that that's when you go, but they could just like put it up there. I, but <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, you know, I know Titus O'Neil isn't really considered much of a th- threat in this singles division, but I guess just like I said, I'm a big Rusev fan. I know you're a big Rusev fan. It just made me sad that it's like they just threw this match between the two big matches and let let it die a death. I don't know, man. I don't think it did. I think. It, I don't know who said this. What podcaster said this? Because I'm no, pretty sure you're going off. Nobody of right said now. this, Mr. Beverly Hills. It's all don't me. lie to me. It's, don't lie to I'm, me. Look into my eyes, and you'll realize like a shot between your eyes. Because died because die to death is the words of one tiny Washingtonian. So I'm pretty sure I know who said it. Brian Alvarez did not say that, Mr. Beverly Hills. All right. I am using his lingo with you on my podcast. All right, if you say so. I guess I just it may have been because I was talking to you know my buddies during this match. I just didn't really didn't see much. It being on Father's Day and Titus O'Neil's kids were in the front row. I guess I felt like it, this could have been more than what it was. I I don't know. I think it's a perfect. I think. If you're building Rusev back into being the monster that he was, you know, to the level of, you know what, tank driving. 
Spoiler, tank driving. If you're getting him back to tank level, this is you got to have these type of feuds where he just rolls through guys. This is a good stepping stone. Yeah, and that's important. So the U.S. title isn't going to be in the main event. Uh, So. In words of John Mellencamp, I guess Tedis O'Neill was a stone in Rusev's, Rusev's pathway. Pathway. Yeah, but you, yeah, you just, I don't know. You gotta, I don't know. You, you gotta have these types of feuds. feuds. Yeah. You, you, it's, it's. He's not gonna be able to feud with top com- competition all the time. So, to talk about top, top competition all the time. Did the dream match of dream matches between AJ Styles and John Cena, did that match live up to your expectations, Mr. Beverly Hills? Um, hmm. I'm not sure what to say. It was okay. good. Okay, well, when, when you say that, let me jump in, jump in and give my thoughts, and we can roll off on that. Uh, I, I did find it interesting the story that they told in the match that, that – AJ Styles was one-upping Cena and knew all of Cena's, uh, I guess, catchphrases, moves, or whatever you want to call it, knew all of the things John Cena was going to pull out and had a counter to what John Cena tried. And I found that very interesting story for that match. Yes, I did like the story they were telling a lot. Yes, I thanks for reminding me of that. Yes, I did like the story that... They've been watching each other. They've been scouting because that's that's always something. That's one of like the big loopholes. Like when you when you don't suspend your disbelief or when you think about wrestling like logically, you think, well, I know what's coming next. If he just gave me the protoplex, I know that the five knuckle shuffle's coming. Why don't I move? You know what I mean? So yeah. like. That's if you're looking at it with like a logical eye, that's always what you think. So it's good once in a while to see matches presented with that in mind, where people do know what comes next. I I do know that this is coming. I do know to get my feet up here or to move or whatever. So it's cool to see that once in a while. Not always, but once in a while. And with the finish being, you know, the rough bump in the corner. Uh, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson coming out, laying out John Cena with behind the referee's back, putting AJ Styles on top of Cena. Do you feel like that builds up a, another match between AJ Styles and John Cena at Battleground? Well, of course, but it it was a tad disappointing. Yeah, I I don't know. You I agree with you that. I feel like the interference at the end was disappointing. It brought me down a lot because I was hoping to have either way a clean finish, one way or the other. But I can see what why why they did it to have AJ Styles come across as a heel to pos- sure. possibly build up to match two, whenever mm-hmm. it's going to be. Yeah, I just wish that we had another finish other than a ref bump, running interference when they signed a contract that there's going to be no interference and all that. Yeah, to me that brought brought the match down, but I feel that match was better than what I expected in ways. I felt like it was better than, may have been better than AJ Styles' two WWE title matches with Roman Reigns the past two pay-per-views. Well, John Cena's better than Roman Reigns. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not going to argue that point with you because yeah. I'm, I'm in agreement. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I would say that's easy easy to see. I, I do... 
I would agree with you where you say that like it does cement him as a as an, a villain that he would you know agree that they aren't coming out and then they do. Yeah, I get that. Did you see I did like on Monday when Cena cam, comes out and challenges him to a rematch and he says no because he's got to uh, prepare for the podcast, the, the Stone Cold that, podcast later. He's too busy. <laughs> that, that, that made me laugh. That, to me, reminds me of something that you or I would say to each other. <laughs> That's what I say to my wife. Sorry, can't, don't, can't have plans this afternoon. Got a, got a podcast with the dog. <laughs> I love it. But I guess I'm excited to see where, you know, this feud goes. If it's going to be a match to... I'm excited to see AJ Styles pull, you know, pull another one out as a heel, see what happens. I do feel like John Cena's, at least his pay-per-view matches, who I can speak on, John Cena's pay-per-view matches have been a lot more entertaining since, let's say, since WrestleMania 30 a couple years ago. I feel like John Cena's been pulling out awesome performances more than what I really wanted to give him credit for. Oh, for the last several years he's done that. You know, which I like. I said I gotta give him props for that. Oh yeah, then, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. Not to belabor a point that we've, I'm sure, belabored a lot. It's just unfortunate that as his wrestling ability has increased and gotten better, and his matches has gotten better, have gotten better, his character has gotten has had no progression at all. So it's just unfortunate because it's like he's getting better and better in the ring, but. It's more. It's even more boring in presentation because it's just the same thing, you know. Like they're they're showing things from the first brand split. He's playing almost the exact same character twelve <laughs> years later. Well, no, fourteen years later. Well, because I remember in whenever he debuted. I remember in two thousand five when he won yeah. the WWE title for the first time and him being drafted from SmackDown to Raw. Yeah, yeah he was it's playing first, the same role. Yeah, same role. So at least since two thousand five, so eleven years, yeah. it's been the same thing. And I mean, I get that he's not rapping anymore, but he has the same look. He has the same alignment. It's, we're a decade in. Hulk Hogan didn't last a decade playing the same role. He had to turn heel in '96 because people were getting sick of it, and we're we're past that point. I was just gonna say it might be time yeah. for a heel turn, brother. Well, at, at this point, the shape's on, the ship has almost sailed. Yeah. If we're almost too far gone, I don't know if it would even do anything. Well, talk about the ship sailing for Cena. How about this idea for Roman Reigns to kind of tie it back in with Roman Reigns and his suspension? Would it, would it be believable Roman Reigns coming back, turning heel, and blaming the fans for him him taking supplements to put on better, better performances? Or ways him trying to blame the fans for him... Failing his wellness test. I think that would be an awesome way to go. I don't. I don't know how well it would work because I don't know how well they'd execute it. But I love what you just said, and I love that. I think that'd be an awesome way to go with it. Like, yeah, I was taking banned substances because you guys didn't accept me as a main event performer, so I did it, and you know, you hate me even more. Screw you. 
Cause, I think that'd be fantastic. Because I feel like, you know, even if the, you know, even if let's say after Battleground it turns between Ambrose and Reigns, I feel like that'd be uh, interesting dynamic having Reigns play the heel, the big bully to Ambrose as the champion, and see where they go from there. Yeah, and they can always do the ultimate turn, you know, put them with the McMahons. That's like the the one good thing about the McMahons always being around is that they can make any heel. You know, Sheamus, who is a just a dog at this point, he had a couple <laughs> good, not that, not a good dog, just a just a wolf. You know, he had a couple good months being aligned with them. Everybody, you know, they still, everyone still hates them uh, in the general public for the right reasons. So, I mean, that's a thought too. But yeah, I think him coming back as a heel would would be a possibly beneficial. Since we really haven't talked much about the Money in the Bank ladder match between you know with that Ambrose one also featuring Del Rio, Jericho, Cesaro, Owen Zane, what is your thoughts about the Money in the Bank match? Um, a few things just kind of like pervaded my thought as as I was watching it and coming out of it. Uh, the first one is, um, I know it's not going away, but I kind of wish it would. Uh, oh, I think the, the concept of money in the bank uh, and the ladder matches just in general. I think uh, the spots are very rote. They're very um, the same as always. Uh, we get the same things over and over again. Um, and when they're new, like the weird putting the ladder in the corner, bridging to the main ladder, they look so contrived. Yeah. Like to the to the point where even the announcers have to like mention how dumb this is. They're like, Well, I don't know why Del Rio's doing this. Yeah, he probably doesn't know why. Because they scripted it that way. That's the only reason why. Because in no sense would you do that. I guess there's two spots I out of the ladder match I remember that I enjoyed. Uh, I think it was Sami Zayn that did the Mitch Yuku driver to oh, uh, Kevin Owens and have his that back was awesome. land on the on the on the ladder, which looked horrible. You know, if landed you know wrong, uh, Owens could have been broken in half. <laughs> so Holy crap! Say. That was amazing, though. Yeah, that was amazing, and I really liked when Cesaro swung Jericho head first in the ladder set up in the corner <laughs> yeah. or whatnot. Granted, you know it. Hurt for me to watch that to my favorite performer, but that was an awesome spot. That that spot could also have been you know if tied wrong or whatnot, that could have landed just wrong too. Yeah. So the other thing, and so that here's here this goes to why the money in the bank is a kind of maybe past its prime thing is I know I'm it's gonna hurt you. I'm not. Oh. I'm not. No, I'm. I'm not hating on Jericho, but I'm hating on one of your other favorites. Oh, I didn't like when JBL pointed out that it is nearly a sure thing that the winner is going to win the title. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, I. I can see why that would bother you because yeah, there's only two guys to my knowledge that cash in and didn't win the title. I think it yeah. would have been. Debian Sando has one, then I think John yep. Cena has a second. Yep, they said fourteen out of sixteen. Now, I 
it's true. He's not lying, obviously. No. And, um, but I just don't, you don't point that out because it's not supposed to be a guaranteed championship. It's, you know, it's a shot or whatever. A guaranteed shot, yeah. Yeah, a guaranteed shot. So I don't like that that he says, well, it's almost a guaranteed title, <laughs> title reign, Michael. You know, and it's just like, why would you say that? Because I don't know. I just don't, I don't like it. I just don't like it. I'm sure it may have been a line fed to him by Mr. McMahon himself. Well, why? I have no clue. I I can't justify that. Why line. would McMahon say that? I don't like I said. I don't know. I can't justify it. I'm in total agreement with you. Yeah. Stuff like that shouldn't be said because, like you said, winning the Money in the Bank ladder match, getting the contract does not mean you when you cash in, you automatically get the title. Get the title. Like let's say, Mister Beverly Hills, you're the WWE champion, <laughs> and I won the briefcase. I'm like okay. I'm cashing it in. Give me your title right now. I'm not going to yeah. fight you. I'm not going to challenge you. I'm not going to just give me your title. That That's just simply silly, if you ask well, me. And, and just like the whole concept of holding the briefcase or whatever, I mean, I don't know. I get the – I don't know. I, I get it where it's like when a heel holds it, they're holding it to be opportune and they're going to cash in at the best time so that they can, they can win it. I get that. That's okay. That that's when you say, well, they're going to get a sure shot because they're going to jump in at the right time. But I just, I don't know. I just feel like you're painting kind of a false picture just to be like, well, they're going to win. Cause now I don't know. Where's like the suspense. Like if Ambrose does hold the briefcase for an extended amount of time, don't you want his fans to kind of be on the edge of their seat? Like, oh, when's he going to cash it in? And if he cashes it in, will he win or will he not win? You don't want to paint the portrait that he's guaranteed to win because how sad would his fans be if he lost? And maybe not sad in the right way, yeah. you know, just just disappointed in the fact where they turn where they tune out. Yeah, which I agree with you. I guess I. I wouldn't would break my heart, too, if the Money in the Bank ladder match concept does go away for a while. Well, I don't know. We already have the we already have the Rumble. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we have the guaranteed title shot of that. Um, I like I've I've liked how they've done with the Money in the Bank several times. Probably most times out of probably a majority of the 16, I've liked what's happened. But. I don't know. I just I almost feel like the ship sailed. And I just feel like just in general it's kind of a played out concept. Just like the ladder match is a is a played out concept, I guess, but before we get It was to, a good match though. Before we get Before we get to the final uh, final topic that I want to discuss a little bit, is is there any other matches from the car that you would like to talk about before we get into the final topic of the night? Mm. Or think of it, I know we've talked about it before, on-air and off-air. What is your thoughts about the New Day retaining the tag team titles? They're still getting huge reactions. That's what you got to, I mean, listen to. You don't want to 
go too long where it's stale, but I think there's still the crowd's still loving them. Uh, I remember you saying yeah. before that your nephew is a big New Day fan. Loves them. He loves them. He still loves them, even though they held the Tate Team titles for like ten months now or so. Oh man, he his favorites are those, and he really likes Roman Reigns. He's so I don't know if I, he's eight, so. He's, yeah, I don't think yeah, he's, he, I don't think you've told the fans on air how old he is. So yeah. yeah, he's eight. Yeah, he's not like sixteen. No, <laughs> <laughs> he no. The New Day, Reigns, and uh, Ambrose are his favorites. So, so makes sense. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, he yeah he's he's fine with them retaining, and I think if even if when you look out to the crowd, uh. And apparently, I don't know, the silent, sad, sitting on their hands crowd. Or in my iPad, the crowd that was going crazy, <laughs> chanting along, whatever. I don't know, we must have been watching different feeds. But what I saw were people who were still super into into the New Day. So, and, um, yeah. So you would say that people were chanting, New Day rocks. New yeah. Day rocks. Definitely, definitely. I do think just in general we need to like pare down their their talking time. It's just man, if we're gonna get like a ten minute promo every time they come out, Jeepers Creepers. To be honest and, to be honest, when I showed up to my buddy's place for the pay per view, the that fatal four match just started, so I missed okay. that promo time and honestly I'm happy I missed a promo time and I'm happy I did not go back to watch that promo time because I am like you. They don't need 10 minutes every single time because, yeah, they perch rehash the same jokes. You reuse the same same material. Like, once every once in a while, that's one thing, but not every single week, not every single pay-per-view because that gets old rather quickly. Yeah, them and uh, Enzo and Cass also got talking time. I'm like, oh, my gosh. you. I, I don't, you know... Just to, to speak to a different, to a bigger topic, I do not know how they're going to fill two rosters and two full shows because we already get a ton of like fluff and filler and long talking segments. I have no clue how they're going to make this into two separate shows. I am happy what what the Mr. Beverly Hills because that was going to be my final topic of the podcast. Oh, was okay. The draft. I can. Well, before we before we get that, I will say I like the tag team match. Um, I really like Gallows and Anderson, and I hope they stay together. In what are you going to talk about now? Okay, <laughs> I can tell by your comments that you're you don't seem that excited for the draft. Oh, I'm I'm actually very excited for the draft. Uh, I just, loved the I loved the brand split the first time. I'm very um, wary of it. I'm very kind of uh, like kind of cautious of it. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, I I'm with you. I really liked you know the draft. I st- I remember asking Daddy Sunshine back in the day in 2001. <laughs> I think it was to tape that raw for me on VHS because I want to watch that raw. And I want to keep that raw because of the draft of Triple H defending his undisputed WWF championship against Chris Jericho and Stephanie McMahon in a triple threat match. I just, I just really liked how 
how that whole show played out between Ric Flair and Vince McMahon drafting yep. each guy. And I really liked how, at least for the first couple of years, I felt like they tried to keep SmackDown different yep. and try to give the guys on SmackDown something new, something different from Raw every Monday night. Yeah, uh, I, I really... Sorry, go ahead. I feel like after 2004, 2005-ish... At least for me personally. Maybe a little farther. I'm thinking maybe in the kind of 08, 09 I was area. just going to say, at least for me, 05, 06 issues when SmackDown felt like, I felt like free fell off the face yeah. of the earth. Yeah, that's kind of when it peaked, like Eddie Guerrero time. Yeah. I think you're I think you're maybe a little ahead. Yeah, but of, like I said, that was, yeah. that's just me, though, too. But yeah. I, I am hoping that... Dude, 05 was your year, man. Freaking! That was the GBL year. Two thousand. That was two thousand four. Oh. But one good thing about two thousand five was, I went to two shows that year, the Judgment Day two thousand five pay per view, which you could see me and Daddy Sunshine, you know, live during during the pay per view. Is that when you held times. up your amazing sign, the most creative sign in the history of signs? GBL. Yes. God, I love that sign. Because whenever I see signs like that that just have, like, the name of a person on it, I always think, that's got to be a plant. Someone that, handed that person a sign. That was more than just his his name. I also had a picture of JBL smiling face on it, too. <laughs> but, but, like, really, when I see him, I'm like, oh, God, they just handed that out. No, I know someone who brought a sign that says JBL and just had a picture of him. Love but it. I love it. Another thing I loved about 2005 was Eddie, Eddie Guerrero's heel theme song. That cell phone <laughs> ring. Can you feel the heat? And them remixing yeah. that theme song. I I absolutely loved it. But I yep. guess I'm excited for the draft because I I, I hope they, they do something different between two sh- the, both shows. That they make SmackDown relevant again. They try to do something different. On SmackDown, like I guess, like during the Paul Heyman years or months yeah. or whatever, he wrote it. Try to make it seem oh, me bulging again. Try to make it seem <laughs> different from Raw. I just, I guess, I'm having high hopes. I'm sure I'm probably gonna be let down, but yeah, I'm, just, I'm just, I'm just hoping for the best. That's why I'm cautiously optimistic. I, I'm looking forward to it, but still holding out. Like, yeah, there's a really good chance it's just gonna be two Raws. And just with different people, but I'm I'm kind of excited. I am, you know, hopefully looking forward to some new roles for different guys. Uh, just kind of just kind of see how things kind of play out, um, and all that. You know, I am surprised we did not talk about Natalia's heel turn for money. I'm not surprised that we didn't talk about that. Okay, because it's we- so. <laughs> We just talked no, about I, it. I haven't watched it, but I just think it's so inconsequential. I don't know. Yeah, it's what they've done with the women's division is so disappointing to me. It's just back to exactly where it was. Well, uh, it just makes me sad. Break, break my heart. Before we get into, before I give you the opportunity to plug your social media accounts and all that fun stuff, I want to give this one stat that I found on WrestleZone.com that I found very. Interesting. Okay. For each guy, for their first WWE title win, I found very interesting. Okay. 
Rollins defeated Reigns at WrestleMania 31 to become the WWE champion the first time. Okay. Roman Reigns defeated Dean Ambrose at Survivor Series 2015 to win his first WWE title. And Dean Ambrose defeated Ro- Roman or defeated Seth Rollins at Money in the Bank to win his first WWE title. I found it interesting that stat. I don't know if they planned that or not, but I found, found it interesting that each member of the Shield defeated somebody else in the, within the Shield to win, win their first WWE title. Yeah, I don't know if they did plan that out, but if they did, it's smart. I do like that. Like, it's a larger story that's going on. You know that these three will always be tied. Just kind of like similarly to how one of the stories in the Money in the Bank match was that Owens and Zayn will always be tied. And and I like those kind of things where where you know we'll come back to it in a couple years or whatever. I like those kind of things. Those kind of like where it sometimes shows whether if they were or not, it gives you hints that they maybe had a bigger picture in, in mind. Yeah. I like those ideas. Which I really like that stat. I wanted to, wanted to share it. I'm stat I didn't bring up earlier, but I had to bring oh, that's it up. Okay. I really like that stat. I thought it was cool. So something else that's cool is following you, Mr. Beverly Hills, on Twitter. <laughs> Thanks, bro. At Beverly Hills MES is where you will find me. Um, I don't know. Have I been tweeting anything good lately? I know you've been tweeting lately, just as often as I do on my on my account, at Dirty Dog MES, but whatever. It is what it is, I suppose. <laughs> I, I don't know. I've, I mostly now reply to to people, but... I, so if you tweet something good, I'll, I'll tweet back at you. I do find it interesting reading your tweets because you always tweet something completely completely different to what, what I would tweet about. So I always find you <laughs> an interesting follow for sure. Yeah, I'm different. I'm definitely a different kind of cat. Meow. <laughs> oh, meow indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my guest at this time, Kevin Owens. Kevin, tonight is your first Money in the Bank. How do you feel? What? What? My first Money in the Bank what? My first Money in the Bank ladder match. My first Money in the Bank pay-per-view. See, Todd, I, I realize you're still kind of new here, but you got to be specific. Can you clear that up for the people at home? Money in the Bank ladder match. That's right. Tonight's my first Money in the Bank ladder match. But it's not my first Money in the Bank pay-per-view, is it? Because that was last year when I powerbombed John Cena on the apron and took him out for weeks. You remember that, don't you? Of course you remember that. See, because everything I do is quite memorable. I'm very special. That's what my mom tells me all the time. In fact, I... (laughs) Chris, you realize this is my time, right? I mean, I, I realize that you're an insecure egomaniac who needs to steal people's spotlight, but... This is my... Is that a, a chip tooth you got there, Owens? Huh? A little chip tooth? Yeah, well, you better watch it. Or you're going to get another chip tooth. Because I don't steal spotlights. I am the spotlight. As a matter of fact, in the dark world of the WWE, I'm the only shining ray of light. The genius who created the money yes, I know. In the bank. You created the money in the bank ladder match. First of all, you need a mint. 
You know that? Second of all, you know what's kind of funny here is you created it, but you didn't win a Money in the Bank ladder match, have you? You didn't win the first one. You didn't win the sixth one. You didn't win the one that took place in Apple. No. And you know what? You're not going to win tonight's either because I plan on beating you and everyone else and getting that contract. Yeah. That's my plan. Have you ever heard the saying, life is what happens when you're making plans? No, I never heard that. Never I heard actually, that? I'm pretty sure you just made that no, up. No, I did not make it Yes, up. you did. No, I didn't. Who said that? Confucius said it. What oh, difference does it make? Confu- the that- point is, I'm going to climb the ladder, get the contract, oh, and oh, become the... Oh, Alberto Del Rio's here. Most likely to speak some Spanish, right? Am I right? You're going to speak Spanish? You don't have to talk to me like that, perro. I'm here to speak the truth. I won the first and only Money in the Bank ladder match I competed in. And tonight, I'm, a, I'm the only man yeah. who has ever, yes, ever... the only man in tonight's ladder match who's ever won, cashed in, and became WWE World Champion. See, I know that too because you say that every week. See, that's the problem with you guys. You just repeat yourselves all the time. I, on the other hand, am very interesting. That's probably why Todd chose to interview me and not you. I don't think you're going to be giving any more interviews after tonight once I rip that head off your shoulders. He's going to rip that head off your shoulders. Is he? I'm, see, I'm shocked that you didn't just call me a perro because that's what you do all the time. Because perro means dog in Spanish, right? Yeah, yeah. Why do you call everybody perros? Do you have a dog at home? What's the issue here? Perro means dog in Spanish? Yeah. Oh, you speak Spanish now? No, I just learned that word because he you, calls everyone that. You know what's funny? I don't see any dogs around here. The only perros I see are the perro idiots standing right here that are going to sit back and watch me climb the ladder, grab the contract, and cash it in to become the world champion once again, giving all of you what you really want. I'm going to give you the gift of Jericho. Drink it in, man. Yeah, you know what? I think I'll just stick to water. Thanks. Stupid idiots. So let's talk about the Cruiserweight Classic, Mr. Beverly Hills. I hit the... I stopped the recording. You said you wanted to talk about it, so... Let's talk about it. What is your thoughts and opinions on the Cruiserweight Challenge or Open or whatnot, whatever it's called? I am so excited for it. I watched the intros this morning, and it got me so jazzed up. I'm sad that it's not starting for three weeks now, but watching these 32 guys get introduced and all that i am just so excited for it i'm excited that mara ronaldo and brian danielson are the announcers i'm excited to see a lot of guys who i've only heard about i'm excited to see guys that i haven't heard about um i'm pumped that one of the guys is from our neck of the woods. You probably see, you've seen uh, Arya Davari, right? Yeah, yeah, I've seen Davari Russell a few times in person. I am super excited to have him be, you know, on the WWE stage. I already read some spoilers. I'm hat. I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, don't get too further. Come on, but man. I, I'm excited that he 
is at least being looked at by the WWE. I'm excited to see him get, gain the exposure that I felt like he he deserves because uh, I know it's uh, Chase Betts, but what's his name? Uh, Chad Gable. Yeah, Chad Gable. Yeah. He also came from AWF here in Minnesota, mm-hmm. as did Davari. I've seen yep. I've seen those two wrestle each other several times in person. Oh, cool! Like. 20 minutes down the road on Highway 10 in Becker, Minnesota, <laughs> in, in the high school or whatnot. So I've yep. seen seen both of them wrestle live, and I'm happy that Davari, you know, from Minnesota, is finally getting a chance on the grandest stage of them all, Daddy-O. Yeah, yeah um, that's really cool. And, you know, just, I, I am, it's cool that it's, it's the names that I have heard a lot about, you know, the... I guess like Zack Saber Jr. and and like Drew Gulak and those types, but then there's people that I haven't heard a, a tinge about, a whisper about, and you know the chance to see them, and hopefully it blows my expectations away, and I'm left with some you know new favorites. Uh, and I I just I think the presentation of this is just so different, you know, with like legit weigh-ins and. Uh, you know, they're going with a very, like, sport feel. And, you know, I love sports, so just seeing that kind of thing brought into wrestling is cool for me. Uh, I'm just, I'm really excited. I can't wait for, you know, a few weeks to when it gets rolling. Yeah, I'm excited to watch it, too. Uh, there, the, there hasn't been that much stuff, original programming outside the pay-per-views, and going back watching archive stuff on the network that I've, I've been excited to go and watch, and I'm actually excited to watch watch you know this cruiserweight challenge and all that, just to see uh, these new guys that I've never seen before or barely heard about, like you said, Mr. Beverly Hills, just to see the, these new talent and, and hopefully see them have somewhat of a career in WWE, especially now that the draft is going to be a happening here soon in a few weeks as of us recording. So yeah. hopefully these guys would have a future job down the road. Yeah, or I don't know, or maybe not. Well, or maybe they'll come back next year. I'm, I don't know. I'm excited. Same here. And since I'm gonna be curbed and close out the podcast now, thank you, Mister Beverly Hills, for talking to me for an hour. Or so here on on the Doghouse Podcast number six, I believe. Review of WWE Money in the Bank 2016. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Dirty Dog Mes. That's dog as in D-A-W-G at Dirty Dog M-E-S on the Twitter. This, you can, I guess you guys can like this show on Facebook, facebook.com slash Studio. It's all same umbrella and all that. Interact <laughs> with us there. Both of us are there. Um, you can interact. You can follow the show at MidEventStatus.com. You can also listen to us at SoundCloud.com slash Radio or on iTunes. Search out what? Made of Insidious Radio? Hit the subscribe Watch button. Watch out, brother. The sirens are coming for you. Oh, the, I think Rusev might be coming on with the tank, too. Dog, dog lives in the bad part of town. Yes, Bad Street, <laughs> USA, Jack. Yes. The place you don't want to be at. This ain't no home sweet home. It's, it's a home sweet misery. misery. <laughs> so you can, yeah, hit the subscribe button on iTunes, Made of Insidious Radio. Leave a... Leave a uh, comment, rate, review, help us move up, help the Doghouse Podcast move up the rankings. Maybe, just maybe, one day, maybe then Sadius Radio can come back, Jack. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see, brother. For Mr. Beverly Hills, I am the Dirty Dog Darcy. 
I bid you guys adieu. Dog Street Atlanta GA! Then the time when I said goodbye And now I'm back and not ashamed to cry Ooh, baby, here I am Signed to deliver, I'm yours Ooh, yeah When I said goodbye And now I'm back and not ashamed to cry Ooh, baby, here I am Signed to deliver, I'm yours Amazing. They should get you should get much more time than anyone else. That is our show. Good night, everybody. That's so good.